What history is to me? Okay, one word, a lesson. You see, I believe that a lot of things that happened in the past have a way of repeating themselves again. And when we study history, we kind of learn from the mistakes or learn from the pursuits or the conquests or the victories of people who existed in the past and apply to our present because these same things have a way of happening again. I mean, even the Bible, okay, in Proverbs, Solomon said there is nothing new under the sun. So things that have happened before have a way of happening again. And plus, it's quite interesting how in um, millions of years ago, okay, a lot of people lived, a lot of places existed. But what made this few people will talk about as um, historical icons, what made them so different, what made them so unique? that we are actually still talking about them even to today. So that's one thing I have believed that history is to me. It's a lesson, a lesson to be learned, a lesson to actually apply in our lives in this present day. Hey people, welcome to the very first edition of my historical podcast, The Historics with CC. My name is The Chioba CC Okorafo and I'll be your host on this podcast totally and completely okay we'll have new episodes airing every thursday you know like um throwback thursday ish and i promise you it's gonna be a joy ride you're gonna learn so much and i'm gonna learn so much too telling you stories about people that existed in the past past rather <laughs> and places that existed okay enough talk and without further ado let's take a walk down history lane shall we Okay, so on this first episode of um, a two-part series, we are going to be talking about the Ides of March in relation to Julius Caesar. Why is it that in modern days, if people think of the Ides of March, they think of Julius Caesar. And if they think of Julius Caesar, almost like they have to think of the Ides of March. Like, what is the relationship between them? Why do they go almost like hand in glove? So we're going to talk about it, but it's going to be in a kind of condensed version, summarized version, if you will, okay? It's not going to be like um, the full whole nine yards on everything of everything about the life of Julius Caesar. That is actually going to be on next week's episode. Once again, don't miss next week. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be full of a lot of information. Okay, so let's go right in. Beware of the Ides of March. Beware of the Ides of March. You know, this was a quote from the famous soothsayer in the Shakespearean novel, Julius Caesar. Now, something about this novel, it wasn't just a novel, like it wasn't a fiction, a fictional prose, no. It was actually more like an autobiography because it was based on true events that happened in Rome thousands and thousands of years ago, all the way back to 44 BC. Now, when I was a kid, I preferred, and honestly still prefer sometimes, reading the Charles and Mary Lamb's version of the Shakespearean novels. Do you know why? I think the answer is pretty obvious. You see, these stories were easily summarized for we kids, and I mean, this was back in the day, not even something that happened recently, okay? Or not so recently, either ways. Anyways, um, these books, as I was saying, were very much 
easily summarize. And furthermore, they were way easier to understand because they were in actually modern day English as we could understand. Not necessarily the Shakespearean or Victorian English when it comes to those Julius, those novels like Othello, Macbeth, Romeo, those books. If, if you remember Nigeria, if you remember those books, I'm sure they were very fun. Where we are. I was in junior secondary when I had to read the book and really I didn't read it. I just read the Charles and Mary Lamb's version. Unfortunately, there was no Charles and Mary Lamb's version of the book Julius Caesar. Yeah, I, I don't know if there is right now. Please, if there is, you can actually recommend it to me. I will gladly read it. But as at then, there was no, there was no version of Charles and Mary Lamb's Julius Caesar. So, yeah, I had to try my best to read the novel Julius Caesar and honestly it wasn't easy but I did my best and I read it plus my teacher then in secondary school was actually nice enough to summarize the story life for us so it was all interesting well let's get down to business you see the life and death of this man Julius Caesar and the story behind the Ides of March is what we're going to be studying today as I said not in the full version more like in a condensed version in a more summarized version by the next week episode do stay tuned with us we're going to tell you more about Julius Caesar, Macantoni, Brutus, his friend, Pompey you know a lot of information is going to be dished out next week make sure you tune in on that day all right now let's talk about the Ides of March is it really a day that people should be scared of or careful of or wary about or is it just another day in the month of March like we have April 1st and March 15th, March 13th, like that. Secondly, who exactly was Julius Caesar and what did he have to do with the Ides of March? As I asked the question earlier, why does Julius Caesar come to mind when you think of the Ides of March? And why does the Ides of March come to mind when you think of Julius Caesar? Questions, so many questions, but we're going to answer your questions. You just stick with us. All right, now. I have to say that um, I was actually born, yes, on the 8th of March. Yesterday, the 15th of March was my birthday. So I'm receiving birthday blessings and wishes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. So you see, among other things, I am very interested in events that occurred on my birthday. Okay. Even if that event happened way, 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 far away, away, away in Rome. But still, it doesn't matter. I'm still interested in it. So I just thought I was going to look into Julius Caesar's story and get to know what I think. Alright, so let's get down to the historics of the Ides of March. Alrighty? Okay, now to our first question, we're going to answer them one after the other. To our first question, what really was the Ides of March? Well, um, just like we have April Fool's Day, which falls on the 1st of April and we have Christmas Day which falls on the 25th of December and we also have like Boxing Day, St. Patrick's Day, Modern Sunday, I think it was celebrated like last week, yes, okay, sorry, last week um, International Women's Day and this week Sunday, we're going to have Modern Sunday in Nigeria, yes, um, a happy Modern Sunday to all the mothers, okay, now let's get back to business, so um, just like every other special day in the year, the Ides of March was also on the 15th of March. It wasn't like there was nothing so special about it. It was just, okay, fine, a special day, 
um, a special day of the year where we celebrate, where we do different things, activities. Yeah, that's it. It was just 15th of March. Yeah, and just as every other special day, okay, had um, a special significance to it. Like there's a reason, there's a reason why this day was named whatever it was named. Yeah, the 8th of March was no exception. There's a history as at how and when the name came to be. Now here it is. Um, the 8th of March is derived from a Latin word, idus mati, literal meaning is the 8th of March here. Yeah. And it's on the, it falls on the 74th day of the Roman calendar. We actually corresponds to the 15th day of March in our modern day calendar. So that was how 15th of March is known as the 8th of March. Yes. So the 8th of March fell on the 74th day of the Roman calendar because the Romans did not number each day of the month from the 1st to the last like we do. You know, we say 1st of January, 2nd of January, um, 15th of January, down to 31st of January. No, theirs was different. They actually counted back from like three points, three fixed points of the month. They had the nones and the, um, they had the nones the Ides and the Calends. Now, the nones were the dates between the 5th or 7th of each month, like roughly nine days before the Ides. So you can say on the 5th of April or the 7th of April is, um, it's, it's according to the Roman calendar, it's called the nones. Yeah. And the Ides fell, usually fell on the 13th day for other months. But on the month of on the month of March, May, July, and October, it fell on the fifteenth. Hence, that's how the fifteenth of March became the height of March. Now, the height of March doesn't mean anything wrong. It's just the fifteenth day of March. Now, the third point of marker, which the ancient Romans used in the calendar, is a calends, and this day actually falls on the first of the next month. Therefore, first of April, according to the Roman calendar, is actually April Fool's Day. So. At this point, I, I think she will be able to deduce that the 8th of March was just another day. In fact, the, the, the 8th of March once signified the coming of a new year, which was marked with celebration and rejoicing and, you know, new year, like 1st of January, happy new year. Anyway, now pretty much like um, any other special day in the year, then or now, the 8th of March were actually marked by different extracurricular activities like games the gladiator fights i remember watching um the gladiator many years ago oh, the, the, the the gladiator character was played by what's his name yeah american actor um kurt russell i really love that movie yeah until i cried at the end because he died and then i watched part two and attila died too so it's like all the gladiators always die then again, that was, I don't know how that game was actually fun, but it was kind of the game back in the time, in the Roman Empire. So I guess that's part of their fun activities. Anyways, that's one of the games that were carried out on the Ides of March. And they also got involved in like religious, religious activities because, you know, they consider themselves highly religious people. Mm -hmm. They believe the acts of giving and sacrificing to the gods and helping people actually played a huge role in their success at war and that it also helped 
in order for them to foster good relationship with the gods that their acts of piety and 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 goodness was going to well make them have a good relationship with god but either ways i guess it worked for them so yeah who am i to say anything and i believe that's why they had one of their principles do ude which simply means i give that you might give and if you permit me i will add give and it shall be given unto you all right anyways so i think so far from the definition there is nothing that shows that the ice of march was anything bad it's just another special day in the year that people actually celebrated there was nothing different about it well that was up until 44 bc that from that day henceforth the ice of march would no longer be just the ice of march it would become associated with the day that julius caesar the roman dictator was assassinated and that day it it made it became its turning point in roman history so that brings us to our second question and that was la- that's the last question actually for this very episode who exactly was julius caesar and how was he related to the ides of march julius caesar caesar was a great roman general who once ruled the roman republic he ruled from 59 bce he became a dictator in 46 bce and he was assassinated on march 15th being the ides of march 44 bce almost like the story of solomon grandi ban on monday christian on tuesday married on wednesday gave birth on thursday yeah i think i forgot to my nose right so belas he died on sunday anyways let's continue of course in between the life of julius caesar there's a lot to be documented so let's go to the beginning um brief history remember okay So we don't know the exact day Julius Caesar was born but we do know that he was born around 11th to 13th of July between 11th or 12th or 13th. Anyway, he was born on either of those days but it was in the month of July 100 BCE that we do know. Well, his family was a uh, a very a prominent Roman patrician/aristocratic family in Italy and they were known as Gens Julia. Now his family claimed to be descendants of the goddess Venus, which is actually very very confusing to me because we're talking about a real life person that actually existed like Julius Caesar who was born in 100 BCE. And his family are claiming relationship to a myth, a Greek mythology, the goddess Venus. I don't even know how to even correlate those stuff, but let let's just face Julius Caesar that we came for and face him we shall. Anyways, his father's name was also Gaius Julius Caesar and his mother's name was Aurelia Cotta. I think we have a footballer and a name Cotta, Christian Cotta, something like that. Sorry, I'm not a football fan. Well, um his mother Aurelia was from a very influential family in Rome. Not not much is known about Julius Caesar's early life as of now, okay? Now when Julius Caesar was 16 years old, his father died. Yeah, he lost his father at a very early age. So he assumed leadership of the household and of all his father was in charge of for he died. So I think we can safely assume that Julius Caesar actually got into leadership very early on in life. And moreover, history tells us he was like the only son, okay? And he had a sister. So I guess his flair for leadership must have been instilled into him from early enough and he started handling positions of power very early to so 16 is a very tender age yeah very early anyways he um 
He grew up to become a very successful general and he helped in conquering a lot of territories outside of Rome, thereby helping to turn Rome into a large empire. <laughs> this is very funny because at the end of um, Julius Caesar's um, life, by the time he died, events um, that occurred after his death led to the diminution of the Roman Republic and 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 finally turn it into the large empire we know roman empire and all that and all that that is a story for next week make sure you tune in next week it's gonna be it's going to be very very interesting all right now um let's just say julius caesar was not a very humble person i mean he did not come from humble beginnings okay i'm just kidding anyways he was a kind of an arrogant person who you know, he kind of felt he was invincible, talked down to his subjects. He respected no man. Now, that literal definition of a man that respects not God, no man. He was just <laughs> Lord all to himself. And, of course, such arrogant actions and, and, and character, it's just like you're setting a trap for yourself to fall into because people can't actually um, condone some form of in some form of arrogance for so long for so much they can stomach it until they get fed up all right now um, although Caesar was known as a very arrogant person who felt he was invincible he actually did have good intentions you see in 46 um, BCE he made several drastic reforms in the Roman Republic. And these reforms were made to benefit Rome's lower and middle class, not necessarily the higher class. But it became an outrage to the upper echelon of Rome because it's almost like you're trying to make these people who are beneath us, who is like who are like our servants, who like serve us to become on the same level with us. And I, 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 it, it's very, it's not a very strange thing actually because. A lot of people who are up there will want to just continue being up there. They don't, that's a literal, they'll want to give you a lot of fish, but they won't teach you how to fish if not, you're going to come to that level. But anyways, um, Julius Caesar wanted to actually try to help the lower cadre, yes, of the society, but it wasn't sitting well with the senators. Although, this was not why he was killed, no, that was not the main reason why he was killed. Julius Caesar was killed, or he was assassinated, or he was murdered, if you will. Any word you use, the longer shows that he was dead by the act of March, dead, deader than dead. Well, the, the, the fear of, the, of his senators actually led to his death, yeah. You know, at the point, Julius Caesar's power became so strong, okay? At that point, he had actually... The insecurity um, among the senators and their fear of him becoming too powerful was what actually got Caesar killed. Now, let me briefly explain what prompted um, this fear, like what made these senators to be afraid of Caesar. You see, in the year 46 BCE, Julius Caesar defeated the allies of Pompey, as in the, the supporters of Pompey, and Pompey was Julius Caesar's enemy, a very long-standing enemy, okay? So naturally, the supporters of Pompey would not be the supporters of um, Julius Caesar. Now, after Pompey was defeated in 48 BCE, and in 46 BCE, Julius Caesar defeated his remaining allies, okay? In the year 44 BCE, 
Julius Caesar ordered the Senate. He told them to make him a dictator for life. Now, making someone a dictator for life, it's like um, um, entrusting a huge absolute power on such a person. And I remember what I learned while I was in secondary school. I seem to make a lot of reference in secondary school. Yeah, I think that's pretty much where I learned a lot of history and government and all. Anyways, the term is absolute power corrupts absolutely. And in the minds of the senators, um, the assassination of Julius Caesar was trying to make him not to become the king of Rome because they were afraid that if Julius Caesar could actually force the Senate to make him dictator for life, then there would actually be nothing stopping him from making himself the king of Rome. And the senators wanted Rome to continue being a republic and not to become a monarchy. Anyways, now let's get down to why um, Julius Caesar was killed. Sorry, I already answered the why, which is the fear of Julius Caesar becoming um, a king, the king of Rome, actually. That was like the general cover-up based on they didn't want him to become a king of Rome. But of course, some other conspirators had their own nefarious motives, okay, their own ulterior motives, like Cassius. He was simply envious of the power Julius Caesar wielded, and therefore that was his own motive. But of course, the cover story was they were afraid of him becoming king of Rome. It may or may not have happened. I guess we'll never know because Julius Caesar died before such a dream would or would have not come to pass. Anyways, now, um, Julius Caesar's death. Julius Caesar's death or assassination, if you will, it was more like fate or maybe it was caused by his arrogance. See, before the fateful day that, um, that was before the Ides of March, he was warned by a soothsayer about the Ides of March. That was the day he would eventually die. And Julius Caesar, uh, arrogant people hardly pay heed to what other people are saying. They are not them. Anyways, on the day that Julius Caesar was killed, his wife, um, Caponia, she had a dream, more like a nightmare, okay, where she saw Julius Caesar on the floor covered with a lot of blood. I mean, if I have a dream and I see somebody covered with a lot of blood, I'm a Christian. The first thing I would want to do immediately I wake up is to pray against the spirit of death or accident or whatever. So his wife did what any wife would do for her husband. She begged him. She cried. She asked him, please, don't go to the Senate today. There was going to be a meeting of the Senate um, on the 15th day of March. She begged him not to go. She cried. And, well, a man is a man. Although... After a while, um, she was able to persuade him not to go. And Julius Caesar decided to stay back and not go for the Senate meeting. However, evil will always find a way to bring good down. Now, when one of the co-conspirators that was already at the Senate building, okay, he heard about um, Julius Caesar not coming to the meeting, he came back and convinced Julius Caesar that he would be seen as a weakling among men if he was seen as somebody who obeyed the voice of his wife and not attend the meeting of the Senate. I think it's pretty much like um, our Nigerian story, Things Fall Apart, when Okonkwo killed Ikemefuna because he didn't want to look weak in the eyes of the other elders. If Ikemefuna was a boy, they adopted, kind of, and the boy called him father. I remember his wife crying and saying, you killed the boy that called you father. So I think it's just a man's thing, like a man's pride. Now, when Julius Caesar was convinced, convinced 
okay, not to um, stay back home and go for the meeting. He left with the co-conspirator and they went to the meeting. Now, um, the history has it that when he was going to the meeting on his way, he met the same soothsayer who had warned him to beware of the Ides of March. And he mocked the soothsayer. He told him, the Ides of March is already here. And more like, okay, the Ides of March is here. Nothing is happening. Your, your predictions are wrong. But the soothsayer told him, aye, but it is not yet gone. So the act of March had started, but it hadn't ended. More like, do not boast yet. Well, that is the point I'm coming from. So what happened? Why didn't Julius Caesar listen to his wife? And why did he listen to the soothsayer? Or was he just predetermined to die? Those are my thoughts. Those are actually my thoughts. Anyways, the soothsayer was not wrong because the act of March indeed didn't end until Julius Caesar's life was snuffed out. So history has it that on the 15th day of March, being the height of March in the year 44 BC, the conspiracy led by Gaius Cassius, Deximus Brutus, and Marcus Brutus, in connivance with about 60 other co-conspirators, was carried out. Um, Julius Caesar was stabbed 23 times. 23 times. You don't even need to stab him at 23 times to kill him. I mean, seriously. Anyways, um, well, after he was stabbed, he died at the feet of Pompey, Pompey's statue. What a slap. He defeated Pompey and his body landed at the feet of Pompey's statue. You know, just laying in a pool of his own blood. Pretty much like what his wife had um, seen in her nightmare and, and asked him not to go. Probably, if Julius Caesar had listened to his wife, he would have been, he would have survived that attack. Probably not. Probably they would have come to his house because they were determined to kill him, to kill him rather. Probably if he had listened to the soothsayer, he would not have died. You know, at this point, it's all, we can all just say, maybe, maybe not, could it have, could it not have been, but the event that linked Julius Caesar and the Ides of March in this episode of our podcast was the assassination. Prior to Ides of March 44 BC, the Ides of March was just another special day in Roman um, history when they celebrated, more like almost like the dawn of a new year, the 15th day of March. But after Julius Caesar's death in 44 BC, um, it changed to a date that kind of commemorated the death of Julius Caesar. Okay, so in the second episode of this series, we will take a deeper look at the early life of Julius Caesar, his conquests, his rise to power. We'll also look at Mark Antony, one of his most loyal friends, Brutus. Brutus was also Julius Caesar's friend, but he was actually one of the people that conspired in killing him and joined the other conspirators to carry out this heinous crime. Well, we also talk about Pompey, or Pompey, mm-hmm. that was tomato, tomato, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about the assassination and how the plot actually came to be. And also, we'll look at and mention the names of as many co-conspirators as we can. They were involved in the death of Julius Caesar. 
Okay, that's it for today on the Historics with Cece, my beautiful people. It's been an absolute joy sharing the story with you. Do stay tuned in next week. Same time, same frequency. And remember, you can reach me on Facebook at Choma Okorafo. I'll be thrilled to chat with you. Until next, it'll back Thursday. Stay happy. Bye.